Welcome to our final discussion in this Talking Direction series with... I'm Jeremy Cohen. My name is Leah Cooper. Ben McGovern. I'm Noel Raymond. I'm Dominic Taylor. My name is John Ferguson. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this final 10-minute episode. Uh, who do you bring into the room with you? Who are your mentors, and who's there with you over your shoulder talking to you? And what do they say? I feel like I more than bring in specific people. I bring in... Uh, those moments when I learned something really huge. And I might have learned it from an actor, I might have learned it from a designer, I might have learned it from a playwright. It's more like those, like, it's like that moment, Jeremy, you were talking about where you're, where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing and this is wrong and I don't belong here and I'm going to fail. Oh, wait a minute. Oh my gosh, something totally new, you know. And, and now, now I have a new thing. I think I carry those around with mm-hmm. me more as the moment where I thought we were absolutely going to fail, but then we succeeded because somebody broke Okay, through. I don't understand what you're saying, so mm-hmm. give me an example. Uh, well, the thing I said earlier about a certain playwright who was saying, I would, I would come home from a rehearsal and go, there's just this one scene, and I wish the playwright hadn't written it because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, the actor doesn't get it. It doesn't seem to fit with the rest of what the actor's doing. The, it doesn't further the plot. I don't know why it's here. And you said to me, if you take it on faith that this playwright knew what they were doing and the play does all add up, and you trusted that, in fact, this thing actually fits, and, and the only reason it's not fitting for you is because everything else you've constructed isn't true yet, um, and you went at it that way, what would happen? And I was like, oh, I hate you. But then, <laughs> but then eventually this answer revealed itself, and it did change the whole rest of the, yeah. the play. You know, and so I carry that around. Every time an actor says to me, could we just cut these five lines because they just don't work? Yeah. I go, well, you know, actually, and the more they hate it, the more they're like, I really hate these five lines. I'm like, I, I, I turn into a therapist. I'm like, tell me why you hate them. Because <laughs> there's probably something, something there. there. Yeah. You know? yeah and so I carry around things like that, that, that breakthrough lesson. Okay, so rather than getting into that specific lesson, who, what are you guys bringing in the room? Yeah, so the, uh, I have several, but um, one that I... So I watched Marion McClinton direct at Pillsbury House a number of times, and the kind of giddy joy he finds in moments that are surprising or that work or when actors do something fabulous, uh, I just love to be in the room with him when he has those moments, and I try to bring that into the rehearsal room with me too. Just the that that he is still, after his long career, so surprised and enamored and in awe of how a play and a group of people and a story can unfold. I think that's just lovely. And part of that creating an environment where people can be surprising. Cool. Let's just go on. Um, I bring in my teacher, John Wright, um, that I trained with um, in England at Middlesex University. I also became his assistant and made a ton of work with him in the 90s toured with him and demonstrated his work, mask work and clown and physical theater. Also currently a lot I'm bringing in, I worked with Mark Reynolds recently and that uh, he just, so many things that he said in the process of Nice Fish that was, that, that has proven to be so useful. And just his spirit is so alive and beautiful and working with him reminded me, actually where I came from working with John in England was really beautiful, playful, imaginative, tons of heart. Um, they, those two worlds connected for me and those two people. 
Um, one of the things my teacher actually said in a TED talk recently was this, and this might be this might cause a conversation, but uh, the only rule of theater is don't be boring. <laughs> that's what John Wright said, and that, that's in, with with me a lot. So my teacher John Wright and Mark Rylance recently, and also Eckhart Tolle, who is a spirit, sort of spiritual speaker talker, who is talks a lot about the ego and letting go of the ego and stopping the incessant, you know, incessant mind and. Um, that's been very useful for me in terms of letting go of my ego and being in the room and just not listening to my head, but listening, just trying to let let things come out of me and be more impulsive and more instinctive about what by the choices I'm making on stage. I don't have to understand why that why I want to put that on stage. It will reveal itself in the run why I put it there. Mm. I don't know. That's a hard question. I mean, I think there, I have a lot of um, uh, really important mentors to me that that I suppose are in my head in rehearsal. But I think probably the, the person that I bring into the audience the most is a kind of, um, um, is someone in the audience? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, and I, part of the reason I, I, I say that is because I think I'm really the only person in that rehearsal room who's advocating for the audience member in some ways. You know what I mean? Like, how, how are they going to actually experience this when they see this, this bit of blocking that particular way? And so I, you know, you can't, you never know what an audience member is, is going to, how they're going to react. But I do have, I, I actually do have now, uh, I would say three or four people who I just keep showing up at shows and I see them afterward and they have something to say about it. And I do now think, I, I've, I'm going to think about what, what, uh, what he might, might be thinking about this particular moment because I know he's going to come see it. <laughs> and I want to see if I'm right. Yeah, I mean, there's a stack of people I bring in the room. I mean, George Bass, George Wolf, Thelma Golden, Beverly Smith Dawson, Paula Vogel. I mean, there are a bunch of people that I end up bringing in the room. John Pynchon Holmes, a director friend out of New York. George Bass was probably my first teacher of this stuff, so he's very significant. But I but I think in terms of theory, I'm, I'm piggybacking on Benson. Like, my grandmother, who is, is long gone, who, you know, said to me once in passing, but in all sincerity, nobody comes to theater to see that you're smart. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I think that that's, like, that kind of sentiment kind of always, it, it always has to be entertaining. It always has to speak, like, across levels and through levels and, and on to stuff, but, like, Nobody comes to see, you know, a hyper-intellectual blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, nobody comes to see that. And they just come to have a good time. And, mm. and, and I do think uh, it's weird that the stuff that I try to achieve on stage is, you know, I often reminisce of music shows. I, I often make mention of, like, you can hate James Brown, you can hate his misogyny, you can hate a bunch of stuff about him. But when he was alive and he was grooving, you're tapping your foot. And mm. so I guess that's, I don't want you to care about me. I actually want you to tap your intellectual foot or something like that, but not be aware that it's an intellectual foot. It's weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a thing. So I'm trying to strive to get something else. But all those, and Marion, I mean, there are a bunch of people who are influenced. And then actually, everybody's work who is, I shouldn't say this, but everybody's work who I see and I love their work, there is this like little stealing yeah. that happens yeah. all the time. Like, oh, wait a second. Can I steal that? I mean, so they're always in the room. What's the most recent thing you've stolen? The most recent thing that I've stolen is actually from, um, oh gosh, it's a director I don't like, so I'm not going to name him. But it was a New York director, and he's like a known director, and I actually don't like his work. But he had this pause that um, I, I really adored, 
and I've like kind of placed it in, in a space. I'm not going to mention his name because I actually don't like his work, but he works a lot. But there was a specific pause. Yeah, it was, a, it was it, and it's not written in the script. Oh, yeah, this is the point. So I saw the play, and I was like, oh, that was kind of charming. Like, this pause happened, and this person took a step away and sat down. I was like, oh, the playwright must have included that. And then I asked somebody who was understudying the show, he's like, no, he, 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 they worked on that, and they got this moment, because it was like this thing which turned it. And I was like, wow, how did he do that? And what was going on with that? And I mean, it's a moment of unrequited love, or whatever the heck you want to call it, but it was really like kind of nice, the pause and the, and the back away, the way he did it. And I was like, that's charming. I can't stand his directing. But I like that, <laughs> but I like that moment, so that's the last thing that was to do. Jeremy? Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm really I don't know. I just I don't know that I take people in the room. I feel like I put people in the room. Hmm. I feel like my lucky me, I get to like make that fantasy dinner party. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I add one thing? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Also, I feel like I go around. Well, I said earlier, you know, riding the bus is sort of like going to the thrift shop for me, and I feel especially attuned to. Outsiders and uh, misfits, and the way they're sometimes invisible, but if you look close, they're doing the most interesting things. Mm -hmm. And when I say outsiders and misfits, I mean that in the broadest possible mm -hmm. sense. So I feel like sometimes the people I bring in the room, kind of like Ben's audience members, are those misfits I've seen, or those little moments where you you saw something and you feel like nobody else saw that, but that was amazing, mm -hmm. and I want that on stage, you know. And so I feel like often in the room there'll be a moment in a play that will trigger one of those old memories for me, or a story, or something. And, and I bring that into the room as, oh, could we, could we illuminate this thing that's actually all around us that we don't see sometimes? So yeah, that's I, like, I, I would echo that. I mean, I, I feel like I'm super lucky because I get to make theater actually in a context that's surrounded by people doing their thing. And so just walking out the door of the rehearsal room and into a lobby full of people who are doing just whatever they're doing <laughs> um, actually helps to keep it grounded for me and and to bring, you know, grandma into You're the room. And specifically the community center aspects of your theater. Specifically, literally on the other side of the wall is a whole bunch of life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's useful. It's super useful. Yeah. I think, yeah.